Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, it's October 22nd, and you are listening to a Tuesday Newsday edition of the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Connor Tapp, and I'm joined as ever by 24-7 sports college sports editor Trey Scott. Trey, today we've got updates out of Lincoln, Louisville, and Tuscaloosa. But let's kick things off in Tallahassee. Connor, switch on the coaching carousel and get ready because once this stuff starts, there's no stopping it. Willie Taggart's second year in Tallahassee isn't going much better than year one. They're three and four, coming off a loss at the hands of Wake Forest and its backup quarterback. And the Seminoles, if they want to make a bowl game, which they didn't do last year, they're going to have to win two games against the likes of Syracuse, Miami, and Boston College. You can go ahead and give them a W versus FCS Alabama State and a loss to Florida. And that's not going to go over well a second year in a row. In fact, Knowles 247's Josh Newberg said on a Sunday episode of their On the Bench podcast that an exit strategy for Taggart in Florida State is already being discussed. I've been making phone calls. Here's a little bit of scoop for you guys. This is what I'm hearing. I believe an exit strategy is being discussed. It's not a certainty right now. Nothing is done, but this is getting real. Um, I'm told that this is a situation where Jimmy Sexton and the FSU administration have been in touch. They have been talking directly about um, money and a potential buyout slash negotiation if it is to come to that. Um, so yeah, I, I think if in the scenario where Taggart does let go, it's if this team continues to go down the path that it's going, continues to play and make the same mistakes that it has. And on the business side, you know, there's a deal that gets struck in the, in the background. After all that, Connor Taggart's buyout would wind out, wind up being around $17 million, but this sounds like it has legs. Are we convinced that Florida state is acting rationally here? I don't know. The, the whole giving a coach two years probably isn't that rational, and $17 million is a is a really expensive buyout. But I don't know how you could possibly recover in year three if you don't make a bowl game for two years in a row and you're not recruiting at the elite level that we thought you would. So at this point, it almost seems like ripping the Band-Aid off. Well, if it does indeed end up being the case that FSU is hell-bent on getting rid of Taggart, The question quickly turns to, who do the Seminoles target as a replacement? In a report from Football Scoop that seems to mirror many of the background details that Newberg has, it looks like Urban Meyer is FSU's top target. Meyer, of course, won two national titles at Arch Rival Florida before stepping down amid health concerns in 2010. He stepped down from his most recent coaching job at Ohio State following a season in which he was suspended three games for his handling of allegations of domestic violence against a member of his staff. Trey, thoughts on targeting Urban Meyer here? Well, remember when Urban Meyer was asked if he would ever take the Michigan job if it came up and and before the question could even get answered or asked fully, he said no. I think he would have the same reaction at Florida State given his time at Florida. 
I know the rivalry doesn't run quite as hot, so it, he, it might not tarnish his legacy quite as much. I don't think he would do it, though. I am ext- I'm fairly convinced he would win quickly in Tallahassee. I have questions about whether Urban Meyer is the type of coach that maybe you'd want to go after. I guess if if you're what you're concerned about from the Taggart era is kind of general incompetence, maybe Urban Meyer reverses that course. The bigger concern for me about this even being a name that FSU boosters want floated is just how tone deaf it is, given FSU's very public and very messy struggles with violence against women accusations, the fact that they target somebody who is com- seems completely unrepentant for the mistakes that kind of led to him leaving his job at Ohio State. At Florida State, given everything that happened with Jameis Winston and even after Jameis Winston and just kind of just put that program in general and the allegations that there are kind of baked into the to the culture there at FSU, this kind of attitude that it's the football program over everything. Uh, the name Urban Meyer upsets me in connection to that program. That's a good point. Fair point. Former Georgia Bulldogs and Miami Hurricanes coach Mark Richt, I'm sure you saw this, tweeted some scary news. He suffered a heart attack Monday morning. Uh, I am doing fine. As I went through the experience, I had peace knowing I was going to heaven, but I was going to miss my wife. I plan to be at work this week, uh, uh, he said on that tweet. Uh, the 59-year-old Rick is now an analyst for the ACC Network, and he later followed that up and said he's, quote, off the cheese balls. The only thing I got here is this reminded me of a, of a reason Rick shared this offseason as to why he suddenly retired from Miami. In three years there, he got something like 10 total workouts in. So I, I, you know, clearly his health wasn't what he would want it to be. There are no sharper emotional triggers for me than old people thinking about leaving their spouses behind after death. That that line from him about missing his wife really, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, it's It's been interesting to see Mark Richt kind of like pivot into this like cheery old man on the ACC network. And I don't, I don't know how this uh, affects his upcoming availability, but his presence would certainly be missed if he has to if he has to take some extended time away from his duties on the ACC Network broadcasts. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, it is time to talk about Tua's ankle. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. Following Tua Tungabailoa's successful ankle surgery over the weekend, Nick Saban said Monday that Tua is currently in a period where he's not supposed to bear any weight on his injured ankle, but that in 10 days he should be able to start rehabilitation. 
It sounds like once Tua is cleared to start rehab, it will be kind of day-to-day approach on evaluating his fitness to return to practice. Saban acknowledged that things are, quote, pretty unpredictable at this point. Trey, of course, the reason we're obsessing over the tiny details in this timeline is that on November 9th, Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers walk into Bryant-Denny Stadium in a game that seems like it has a pretty good chance of being a winner-take-all contest for the SEC West. Just want to warn our, our listeners: it's very possible that like a quarter of our next podcast until then have to deal with some sort of update onto his ankle. I wasn't too. I mean, I was worried about it as far as like he if he's not the same, uh, they won't beat LSU on Sunday. But I thought he could be the same. Nick Saban. I don't know if he was resetting expectations or just being bluntly honest, but him saying things are pretty unpredictable at this point gave me some cause for concern on Monday. One of the more unsavory moments of the season occurred Saturday in Louisville as Clemson freshman Andrew Booth, a former five-star cornerback, uh, was playing special teams and straddled his opponent and delivered a punch straight to the face. Uh, Coach Davo Sweeney said to begin Booth's punishment, the player had to ride 450 miles back home with the team managers back home to Clemson rather than fly on the plane. The rest of the discipline will be handled in-house. Sweeney says Booth has apologized to the team and athletic director Dan Radakovich. Jeremy Pruitt is publicly backing quarterback Jarrett Garantano after Garantano's decision to leap over Alabama's defensive line instead of executing the play the coaching staff and all of his teammates thought he would be running. That play, of course, ended in a Garantano fumble that the Crimson Tide ran all the way back for a touchdown, effectively ending what was otherwise a pretty plucky showing for the Volunteers. Pruitt said on Monday that he and Garantano have talked about the incident on Sunday and that, quote, It's over with, and we've moved on. In the moment, it looked like this was an event that might not have been so easily moved on from. Pruitt actually drew a fair amount of criticism for how angry he appeared to be with Garantano, grabbing him by the face mask as Garantano slinked back to the sideline. Pruitt might have no other choice right now than to ride with Garantano, as starting quarterback Brian Maurer left the Alabama game with an injury and his status for this Saturday against South Carolina is still uncertain. The saga of troubled Nebraska star Maurice Washington continues. Washington's status was up in the air most of the offseason, given the revenge porn charges he faced back in California. But Washington has played every game this year until now. Coach Scott Frost left Washington off Monday's depth chart for the upcoming Indiana game, saying Washington won't play because of a violation of team rules which is not related to his charges in California. Washington's future with the program is TBD. He's averaging six yards a carry and has scored three total touchdowns for the disappointing Huskers. Yeah, it's probably kind of works in Scott Frost's favor in that scenario that Nebraska has had a little bit of a disappointing season and that Washington hasn't figured quite as prominently in the team as he did over the first couple of weeks because it's it's kind of unusual to me that that whole saga hasn't received more scrutiny than it has so far but that's going to do it for today's episode of the college football daily if you appreciate what we're doing we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show whether that's telling a friend or family member that we wake up at 6 a.m every weekday to make sure you're all caught up on the college football news or simply leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts for trey scott i'm connor tapp and we'll see you on wednesday for the next edition of the college football daily CBS.
Jazz Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.